Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their nine to five, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Hello and welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm Adam Adams and in this episode we're talking about cash flow and I'm hoping that during talking about cash flow I'm going to be able to find uh, a couple of nuggets that'll help you if you're an operator to be able to just share more about cash flow with your passive investors. And if you're considering being a passive investor, then you'll be able to know a little bit more about what cash flow is and how do we even get to the word cash flow? What does it mean and what factors are involved? As you know, these episodes are brought to you by the Raising Money Summit. To get your tickets right now, just go to raisingmoneysummit.com. And then you can get a discount by putting in the promo code at checkout podcast because my podcast listeners get a discount of 15% the month of September. You are going to get 15% by putting in the promo code podcast. So go to raisingmoneysummit.com and then put in the promo code at checkout podcast. We have ways of making sure that you're going to raise more money with ease, more money, less effort. Does that not sound incredible? I'll see you October 3rd, 4th, and 5th right here in Denver. Now, talking about cash flow, there's a few things to look at when when you understand what really is cash flow. So the first thing that I want to discuss is income, just the gross income, the the total income that comes into the property every single month. And some of those things can be the rents, And they can also be from uh, parking spaces, covered parking. They can be from storage. They can be from your laundry facility. They can be from pet rent, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the five big ones, but this is income is whatever comes in money-wise. And expenses are going to go against the income. So the income, we still don't know the cash flow. Now that we have expenses, 
we're just getting closer. So expenses are going to be things like your property management company. It's going to be things like replacing carpets, replacing uh, roofs. Re it's going to be your, all of your maintenance, right? All of your capital expenses and all of your maintenance. These are things that are expenses. Uh, any type of of contract that you have, like for a laundry facility contract, somebody to come in and do that. Um, any any um, leasing where if they sign a new lease, they get half of a month of income, they get a full month of income when they sign the lease. All of these things are going to be expenses. Even, even electricity, plumbing. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. There's so many little things uh, that come into the expenses. Just as a general rule, um, half approximately and usually about half of all of the gross income that's actually coming in is going to go to things like expenses, uh, usually about half. So that's a good thing for you to remember. Now, the, we're still not to cash flow. All The only place we just got to is your NOI, okay? We, we saw all of the income, we saw all of the expenses, and now we know the NOI. We don't know the cash flow yet. We just know the net operating income, NOI, net operating income. Usually there's 50% of what comes in goes out and you usually keep the rest as NOI and you, you'll generally pay your mortgage out of that NOI. So when I talked about a bunch of different expenses, the mortgage was not one of those expenses. Hopefully you're using your, um, hopefully you have a mortgage. Hopefully you're using leverage in the next episode. I'm going to talk a lot about leverage and uh, there it's a very um, interesting topic because some people think that le uh, leverage or debt is a terrible thing and some people love it. And I am an advocate for loving debt, but in the next episode, I'm going to talk to you more about why you would love debt. But, as we are here in this episode, we went, we talked about income, net, then we talked about expenses. Now we talked about net operating income and that you are going to have your debt service come out of the NOI. You're going to pay after you pay all these other expenses. And what we'll learn is that the DSCR, the debt service coverage ratio, is often somewhere between 1.2, 1.3, or if you're very conservative, 1.6. But it's usually at least 1.2, which means you make 20% more cash flow than the mortgage cost you. So the 1.2 means uh, <laughs> means you make you keep 20% more than the debt cost you. Debt service coverage ratio. 1.2 means you keep 20% after that. 1.3 means you, you're keeping. 30% as cash flow. 1.6 would mean that you're keeping 60% more than the debt cost you in the first place. Just basically meaning if your debt was 100 grand a month, 100 grand this month, 100 grand next month, you would be making 60,000. You would be keeping, aka cash flow, you would be keeping 60,000. You put, you spend a hundred, you keep 60. That's a 1.6 DSCR. And the 0.6, the 60,000 is your cash flow. So that's what your cash flow is. 
um, to dive deeper into this so that we really understand what is cash on cash. Okay, Adam, you're saying that my cash flow is 60 grand a month. Well, what's my cash on cash? <clears throat> and to get that, we just need to know what you put into the property in the first place. So if you put into the property, let's just pretend as if you put uh, 500,000, then your cash on cash, if you put in 500,000, is that 60,000 times 12. So 60,000, I'm doing the math right now, multiplied by 12 months, which is 720,000. Uh, this might be a bad example, but your cash on cash is you put out 500 and you're getting every year 720,000. So divide 720 by 500,000. So in this case, your cash on cash is 144% per year. I should have used some figure like uh, 5 million instead of 500,000 because that's more realistic. Your cash on cash on an 8% cap rate, if you have an 8 cap, which means that 8% total comes in and then you have to pay the mortgage. And then we determine what you, what you put down into the property in the first place. You might have an 8 cap, but your cash on cash might be something like 12%. And you only get that because of leverage. I'm going to give you several reasons why to use leverage in the next episode. So I hope this cash flow was a, a good explanation of the details around it so far. And the last thing that I want to share on this episode is just what you can do with cash flow. All right, so if you are making 60 grand a month in cash flow, then you could reinvest it into the property or into another property or that you operate or into another property that you want to passively be involved in. So you can keep 10 of it because 10 is plenty to live on. And then you can put the other 50 as a passive investor into other people's deals and go further and farther leveraging OPT, other people's time, because there's no more resource that's more important than your time. So the least amount that you can do to earn money, the better, because that frees you up to be uh, playing with your kids or sipping cocktails on the beach, playing volleyball, in uh, going to travel and do the things that you love to do. That happens when you have passive, passive income, stuff that you don't have to be uh, focused on and taking calls on all the time. The more hands off, the better. So I just wanted to share that. We talked about forced appreciation. We talked about natural appreciation. We talked about the tax benefits like depreciation. We just talked about cash flow. And in the next episode, I'm going to give you a few tips and tricks around leverage. I'm grateful to have you as a listener of the podcast. Please, if you'd like to meet in person, make sure you grab your tickets to the Raising Money Summit, which is October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So it's coming right up. Grab your tickets. Let's meet in person. You'll get a ton of value. So I can't wait to meet you there.